systems are offline. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. The Pat and AJ Podcast. Well, because they got great banter. They jib-jab. Jib-jab, jib-jab, jib-jab. Pat and AJ. I feel like the conversation we've been having in the last five minutes is a lot more interesting than the shit they're talking about on the radio. Just moronic commentary and stupid sound effects, and it's just dumb. It doesn't make any sense. It's the Pat and AJ Podcast. It's the Pat and AJ Podcast. Yeah, you look like you're you look like you're bruised on your forearm. I'm, I'm sorry, myself and AJ, we we FaceTime when we record the podcast now, and she's got her you got your forearm up, and it looks like you've been handing out like big bashes all day long to people. What's going on? Um, I've actually decided to forego a career in media and become a professional yeah. wrestler. No, I I just realized I was painting today. And um, I, I felt my, I was painting our son's dresser. Basically, what I've done. <laughs> since, Did you paint yourself? Um, <laughs> since we, since I moved to Arizona, I'm getting the house ready for Pat and Dylan to come down, and I've been buying furniture off marketplace and just repurposing it i just paint it to whatever i want it to be and i gotta put handles on it but painting a dresser is hard because there's so many like inner parts and i realize like i pretty much painted my arm as well so you know well long as we know what it is i was just trying to figure it out no this arm there's paint on the other arm there's shingles which i'm hiding so it's all good (laughs) dude i'll tell you what i'm so Um, can i just say by the way so fucking pissed that I have shingles oh, again. This is an whole- unbelievable, like, I'm just so angry. It's happened once a year now since 2019, and I did get the vaccine, and I still got it, and FML, man, FML, shingles is terrible. But now, hold on. You didn't get the entire vaccine. Now, for folks who haven't played the at-home version of the game, um, I think we both got shingles for the first time, what, two years ago? Yeah, in the summer of 2019, yeah. we both got our, shingles, and yeah. we were both misdiagnosed multiple times because... Because well, we were so young. Yeah, they're like, you're too young to have shingles, and then, in fact, it was shingles. And then we both got it again last year, last fall, and now out here in Arizona, I have, uh, I've, I've got an outbreak on my arm, which is just now, really shitty. But, but hold on, you missed a step, hold on. Don't miss steps. Don't don't miss the crucial step. So you get it two years in a row, and then after that, you're able to convince your doctor to write you a script for the vaccine. Because even though you may see widely advertised, like, hey, get your shingles vaccine here, it's only really available to the elderly. Yes. They don't want to give it to, to, to young folks. Yeah, for Pat it's, and I to get the vaccine, it was like a huge undertaking. Yeah, it was a big to do. And like even when we had prescriptions from our doctors, um, the pharmacies wouldn't give it to us, like based on like company yeah. policies. I'm like, but I have yes. a prescription. And they're like, it doesn't matter. So I literally just had to bark up a bunch of trees to get the vaccine. So, you know, it was like the opposite of everything going on now, where we're trying to give everyone the vaccine, that one they were trying to not give us. They were doing everything in their power to say, you don't need it because you're so young. So we eventually end up getting the script. We jump through all the flaming hoops. We get our first shot. Boom, boom. And pow! We lose our job, and because it's the US and a, you lose your health insurance. And we go back to get our second dose because it's a two-shotter kind of like the pfizer and moderna shot yeah it's a twofer 
And, of course, they will not give us the shot now because our health insurance is not valid. And then we get new state-sponsored health insurance, which is then not valid with the doctor that prescribed the vaccine. I mean, they were like, well, you can get the second shot, but it's $300 a person. I said, yes. did you miss the part where I said I just lost my job? Did you did you not hear that? <laughs> and uh, it was very much like uh, the Wizard of Oz, you know, when you get to the gates of Oz and, and you bang on it and they're like, no, go away, which has been mainly my experience with the American healthcare system. <laughs> But we digress. So, AJ, uh, so we only ended up getting one shot of the vaccine each. And we asked, like, the pharmacist, like, well, what now? And he goes, look, honestly, he kind of gives us the same speech. He goes, at your age, okay, you've had some outbreaks. One, one should really be sufficient. Here we are 12 months later. Not even. Ha- no, not even. This is, we got our, we got our vaccines in November. Remember that? I am happy to say that at least it has a 50% efficacy rate. These are all these fucking words that I learned during the pandemic. Efficacy, you like this? yes. I would have never known this shit five years ago, but now <laughs> I sound like a medical professional. Efficacy. Um, I do not have uh, the shingles, but you have come down with an outbreak. Yeah. You are none too thrilled. No, I am not. And I thought um, I took my mom. My mom's visiting from Wisconsin here in Arizona. I took her out to dinner to a fabulous Mexican restaurant, which I would eat at every day if I wouldn't be like sick to my stomach. It was so great. But we sat on the patio and the sun was kind of beaten down on my left side. So at first I thought it was heat rash. And I was like, oh, it's probably just from sitting in the sun for, you know, two hours eating and whatever. Um, but then, yeah, I looked at it the next morning. And I'm like, nope, those are shingles. Now, to be fair, it's not quite as bad as the other outbreaks I've had, which I would imagine is because of the vaccine. Like, I, mm. I don't have, I have like two spots where I've got shingles, um, and I'm hoping I won't get any more. So it looks like the vaccine kind of worked, but you know, it's still shingles sucks ass. It doesn't matter how old you are, it sucks ass. And, and this is really, and we've talked about this like like off the cast, but I said. The biggest issue that I knew we were going to have and we did have and we're continually having with our rollout of the vaccine and just health in general in our country during this pandemic is that we have this private health care system um, that you're really kind of left to your own devices to navigate. Yeah. And now all of a sudden we want to pretend like we're all in the same pool and we're all going to help each other out. So look at the stories we have. We have stories of like this where they're like, you can't get it. Yes, you can. No, you can. He gave it to you, but you have the wrong insurance now. This is shit that is just so unique to Americans. No one else deals with this. No. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, though, there is a glimmer of hope because when it rains, it pours. I can double down on your outbreak of shingles. Why? Are you ready? What's wrong with you? Are you ready? Yeah. I'm officially a fucking three-year-old baby. Um, I have an ear infection. That's right. That's right, everyone. That's right. Just like just like your favorite nine-month-old who's crying all night. You're like, why is the why is the baby crying? Maybe has an has an ear infection. When did this happen, and how did you find this out? So the last couple like the last couple days, my one ear has been I wouldn't even say achy. But if I fucked around with it, I could tell 
that it was like maybe a little clogged sure. or something. It was different than my other ear. Like my other ear felt fine. Like if I did the same thing to each side, yeah. it sounded different on my one was side. Was it like plugged? A little bit, okay. but it wasn't. It was very strange. So it, initially I used a Q-tip. I said, well, maybe I, I got really waxy here. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. I, I do, do a little Q-tip and a, a lot of wax comes you out. You do have incredibly, incredibly waxy Thank ears. You. I mean, Always I can have. see it from the outside. Um, but so uh, next day, not better, but not worse. Another day, not better, not worse, but definitely there. So yesterday, I say, you know what? I'm going to go pick up some, some of these uh, ear drops. Like I, I go to Rite Aid, and they're like earache drops or, or whatever. I drop them in there, and they don't do anything. Um, and then I wake up t- today, and it seems to be a little worse. Uh-oh. And now I'm like, oh, shit, did I fuck it up? <laughs> like, like, did I do something now? So I'm sitting here, and, and I'm really it's, – it's total just guy – I mean, not even guy thing. I mean, again, I, I hate to say it. It's a byproduct of our healthcare system. I'm sitting here going, well, do I go in? Because I, you know, I'm kind of trained from my years of either not having insurance or having shitty insurance or whatever to like not run into the doctor. Yeah. I just, I think I'm like a lot of people like that. Yeah, I'm like that too. Even when I had insurance. But, you know, I'm sitting there and, and I go, well... Because I already found out, you know, we have this new state insurance, right? And I already found out from my therapist. She goes, hey, I checked your new insurance. I, I, I don't accept it. I'm, I'm like, shocked. Oh, fuck. You know, <laughs> you know. My, my primary care physician doesn't accept my new insurance. So I'm sitting here like, fuck. Like, what, you know? I break down this morning. I go, fine, I'll go to the urgent care. I waited till it opened up at 10 a.m. I was there when the doors opened. See, that is one of the nice things about urgent care is they pretty much accept anything. So, I showed up there to the old urgent care, slapped down my uh, state state health card. We got the poor one. What is it? There's the old one and the poor one. Oh, we, got the poor we one. have the poor. We have the no job one. <laughs> the no job one. And uh, they saw me. And the doctor said it's an ear infection. Like she looked in my ears, and I, I immediately said, "I feel like I'm a fucking two year old." You, I, I just feel very, like it is a very two year old thing to have. Right? You just don't hear about like a lot of adults having ear infections. She goes, "All right, I'm gonna prescribe you some um, amoxicillin or something. Take these for ten days in a row, and you know whatever ibuprofen for the pain. Blah blah blah. Send over your uh, prescription there to uh, to the Wally World." Now, I'm saying this because, okay, it's a mild inconvenience. Again, it doesn't bother me. I'm wearing headphones right now. Yeah, but you also can't just let it go either. An ear infection no, no, no. isn't going to Ex- go away on its own. Exactly. Um, my copay at the urgent care and my copay at the Walmart uh, was zero. So yeah, that is the kind total of amazing. cost of my health care today. Because I had the luxury of being kicked out of my ass by corporate America. He's uh, better than the health care I paid for out of my pocket. Yeah. Uh, ten times over. I mean, I may not be able to see my old primary care physician, but hot damn, I could go to this urgent care without paying a copay, which, by the way, with our old private insurance, was a hundred a dollar. Was a hundred dollars. That's right, folks. Oh, no. Oh, so 
But I digress. I don't want to talk about insurance all day. No. But I did kind of think, I said, this was the most pain-free experience I ever had with a quick issue. And I said, I wonder. Because honestly, the whole thing took about an hour. Yeah. By the time I, you know, got to the urgent care, saw the lady, got out. They phoned in my uh, prescription, and I got a text. It was an hour's time that I spent, and I had a diagnosis and a bottle of medicine, and there was zero cost, and I was back to my day. I was like, shit, man, this is like the NHS. This is like Canada. This is like the rest of the fucking world, where I said, imagine this was your relationship with your health care provider. People would take better care of themselves. Exactly. And then you don't end up with you. I'll tell you what I'm not doing right now, going to the doctor for my shingles, because I don't have insurance here in Arizona. So, you know, F me. Now now that's, yeah, that's unique. F me for getting shingles again. You know, I really really enjoy doing this. But see, that's that's really weird now that you're in a different state so they have all different rules so i'm still covered here in michigan under what i have going on you're in arizona where it's a whole new process and you have to get set up i'm telling you dude i mean it really really makes you think because i mean how many people have you heard about shit my ex-mother-in-law she's one of these and we have a co-worker like this too an old cold uh, a co-worker that uh, passed away these these people went into the doctor for something like they're like, oh, I'm just feeling kind of run down. And they walk out with a diagnosis of like four weeks to live. And it's because they never go before. Yeah, they don't go to the doctor because A, they can't afford it, or B, they're afraid of the bills or whatever. Exactly. It's, so no, that, listen, I mean, you could, you know my stance on this. You, I know. Is, I'm preaching to the choir no, with no, no, you, I but know. I'm just getting it out there. But I know there is nothing i i'll never in a million years understand why a country of our size with our resources cannot offer all uh, people know, right? healthcare and you'll never say yeah. anything to me that convinces me that a for-profit healthcare system is a good thing never not a thing you no. can, you'll never convince me of it and it was the same when i when i <laughs> scratched my cornea Right before I left Michigan, I mean, I was afraid to go to the doctor because, like you said, our old insurance sucked, and you yeah. you get a bill in the mail no matter what you go in for. But yeah, the urgent care took an hour; it was zero dollars. The prescription was zero dollars. I'm like, you know, people would take better care of themselves. I think if they had the option, you absolutely to go. would because I'm serious, dude. My ex mother in law was one of those who never went to the doctor because they never ever had steady like health insurance, yeah. and this is way back in the day. And eventually, she goes in, run down, and I kid you not, walks out with a diagnosis of cancer and is way beyond any kind of treatment. Yeah, she was gone in like into- a month. It is like a comfort phase, yeah. and it's just, again, if you had that relationship like I did today, where I let something bother me for three days, so I don't feel like I ran there with my first instinct, but I waited three days, and once it progressed, I said, let me go in. I did. I got my shit. I'm out. And I, I, I just thought about if I was a, like working right now, if I was working a nine-to-five, that would have been a very easy experience and a very predictable one you know, like if I were to do it. But of course, I'm talking fucking fantasy now, right? I know, wouldn't right? that be fun? That's a, I, know. That's, I know. That's actually Disney World for adults. It's a place where it, you can go. Oh, get, that's fuck you can yeah. go. You can go to get free health care. There's, <laughs> there's affordable college. There's no copays. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> How sad. <laughs> but uh, anyways, that's... Uh, and, and the weird part is once I get a job, we'll be done with this sweet... Yeah, but that brings up... Sweet... The- 
state health insurance, and I'll be back in the private market. It'll suck once again. Yep, and that brings up the entirely new issue of health insurance tied to a job. So you know, I know, right? That's a shitty one, man. But anyway, so here we here we are. We we present ourselves to you from two different areas of our country, both suffering with medical. Uh, uh, errors right now. I, I don't you know. know, I don't know if I'd trade you. I mean, I hate shingles. I hate it with a deep passion, but ear yeah. infections can be really nasty. So it is a little like it is. I forget, and then I'll go to lay on it, yes. and then it'll like hurt, and I go, eh, and then I'll roll yeah. over on See, the other I'm side. I'm just That's like, weird. I am self medicating with Benadryl, so it's lots of fun um, right now. I'm on a different planet. <laughs> yeah, I'm just taking the amoxicillin, and uh, that's about it. You know, some some ibuprofen. I'm glad you went in. Good for you. Yeah, see, go to the doctor. That's what today's episode is all about. Okay, so (laughs) if you could if you could take one message away from from today's Pat and AJ podcast, which once again we thank you for for being here. It's episode 39. Uh, If you are feeling not up to it, go to the doctor. Okay, here's how I feel about other people. With the exception of us in this room, um, <laughs> other people suck, they're everywhere, and none of them know how to fucking do it. Whatever it is, they don't know how to fucking do it. And all those people are at the fucking airport. That's what I'm saying, okay? They get to the airport, they check their bag and their brain at the curb. They walk in, are the planes in the building? They don't know. Ah. We've had some uh, pretty legendary, stressful uh, flying experiences as a family. I believe they go all the way back to our son uh, before he even had conscious memories. I mean, I flew with him from Seattle to Chicago, and that was hell in a handbasket. I was that single dad with a baby on his lap in the middle seat crying the entire time. I mean, I was despised by the end. And that's Seattle to Chicago. That's a long fucking flight, man. That's like four and a half hours long. But seriously... Like, we've had just, you know, the airport becomes a stressful place when you travel with kids. The, uh, the airport's a stressful place without kids. So bringing, is, bringing right? kids into the mix is even more stressful. American Airlines wants to make some money off your stress if you are willing to pay it away. It is called Five Star Essentials. The way it is pitched on their website is that you will be met at priority check-in. Ooh, you're a priority. By a five-star essential representative. Do they wear shirts that say I'm a five-star man? (laughs) Oh, five-star man, baby. (laughs) And apparently, they literally are with you from the moment you get to check-in. They help you choose your seats. They help you get your boarding pass. They help you uh, get through security. They help you keep your belongings organized along the way. How many times have we all been fumbling with shit? All the time. As you're, as you're walking down, right? Every you're stopping at, at, freaking time. Hold on. Hold on. Where, where, where's the bathroom at? Where's Timmy? Son of a bitch, Timmy. Where's your backpack? I mean, that's crazy. Uh, they will also escort you to your gate and help you onto the plane. And that is all available to you for just a small, small fee. Of $149. Is it like per family or per person? $149 covers two adults and three children. Okay, so that's more reasonable. I was going to say, if it's like $150 a person, that's like another plane ticket. That's an insane amount of money. But 
I think it's brilliant because these are like, I, I mean, I hate to say it. They are first world problems, you know, like just uh, the airport's a crazy ass place anyways. It is. I mean, think about it. Like your mom just flew in, right? Cause, and, and this isn't even like a family thing. I'm just thinking about it solo. I mean, your mom just flew in from Milwaukee to Phoenix. It was a big fucking to do. It's a huge airport. You don't know the airport. Your mom doesn't know the airport. It, a service like this would have been invaluable to her. Now, what I'm wondering is who gets the money? The airline or the concierge? Oh, the American Airlines. What do you think? Come on, man. But that's what this is. It's really you get your own concierge. And they're pitching it not as like a fam, but I mean, it's it's being discussed online as a family way to travel okay. stress-free. Okay. I mean, even though I mean, you can buy it for yourself, you can buy it for a couple, whatever it is. But they're like all those little fucking things that like start to drive you nuts at an airport, like getting the boarding passes, getting your bags checked. Shit, where's our gate at? Yeah. Where's, a ba- where's the food court? I mean, our son would love this. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he would love it to have a person literally walk us through the entire process. Because he definitely doesn't trust us to do it. <laughs> no, like, like our son has mad anxiety about really just, um, I'd say just the unknown. He's just not good with shit he doesn't know. And he assumes the worst, which he gets from his mother, by the way. Thanks. But um, like like he needs to know directions. And I don't know if this, this is part of his uh, autism, but he needs to have like directions when we're driving somewhere new. And when we're going through an airport, we have now gone to the point to where we print out our itinerary. We show him a map of the airport, show him where we're going to be going. So basically, we've been doing this job for years now. Now they're exactly. just offering it as a service. Exactly. <laughs> Could you imagine where me and you actually went on a vacation where we enjoyed it? Okay. It takes me <laughs> two days into the vacation to relax because I get so goddamn worked up getting us to the vacation. True, true story. I thought it was neat, man. I mean, once again, if there's um, a service, people will pay for it. I've learned that people like to, um, you know, we like to feel special. So whether it's a, a business class yeah. or or if it, it's a VIP ticket for a concert, we all like to have a little bit of a, a you know, if, if you can afford it, man. I had a friend like that who who had a lot of expendable income and I could never relate to that cuz I just didn't and and he he put it to me bluntly he's like I got the money why wouldn't I spend money it money talks i mean if you have it you might as well spend it and yeah that's a, that's totally you know that's something i would look at as a waste of money for us as a family of 3 with a child who's now a teenager now when he was younger maybe but I can't even imagine having just like one extra kid, like to, to go from one to two and have that stress of going through the airport. It's a great idea. I guess exactly. I, I guess I'm just shitty about it because, you know, air airfare is so expensive. Traveling is so expensive. The The service has gone down quite a bit. I mean, I <laughs> laughed. I mean, if you I, were I laughed, doing like. I laughed on our flight to uh, Hawaii, which was like nine and a half hours. They're like, here's a bag of peanuts for nine and a half hours. I'm like, remember back in the day when they would like give you actual food you didn't have to pay extra for? Like, it's, you know, it's the bare minimum of getting from A to B. So it doesn't surprise me that the airlines have found another way to get money out of people. But if you can, if you can afford it, then pay for it. 
Boy, that's that's like a whole nother route that I didn't see coming, but it's more normalizing paying for more shit. Just yeah. kind of like when they took away all the free bags, and now you're literally like you're used to paying for your bags. It's it's officially gone from, oh, what are they doing taking away our, our free bags to what do you do now? You're like, oh, don't forget the budget in bags. We got to pay uh, yeah. about, what, 100 bucks for bags? All right. So, yeah, this is just another hustle from them. God damn it. I thought this was good. I thought this was fun. I'm like, oh, watch. This will be fun. It's like something cool to talk about. No, it another ain't, fucking no, it's hustle. Just, it's just another no, hustle from the airlines to make more you. money off of us. Fuck you. <laughs> That's what I see it as. It's a hustle. Try to come up with some fucking, some, some, some fluff. How do they do this shit on the Today Show? I have no idea. I need someone like you on the on the Today Show to shit on everything they uh, talk about. <laughs> we need uh, Rachel Dratch as Debbie Downer. You would be literally like like right behind Carson <laughs> Daly. And, and and he'd be like, hey, in, in, in today's bullshit. And you would just be like, it's fucking, fuck you. We're all going to die. <laughs> Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip That started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship The mate was a mighty sailing man, the skipper brave and sure Five passengers set sail that day I watched my first um, pandemic documentary Really? What's it called? Last Cruise oh, It's on HBO Is that the one about the cruise ship? It is. Okay. It's about uh, something princess, royal princess, and it's the cruise ship that had the corona COVID-19 outbreak right at the beginning, and it was the like kind of the bell toll. And I remember saying this when we were in, in the thick of all this shit, and I don't want to by any means pretend that we're over it, that it's done, but... I can see why this one came out now, because think about it. It's one of the first things that happened. Yeah. So it's the oldest. It's literally a year and, at this point, almost a half old. So Last Cruise is up on HBO Max, if you want to watch it. And it's literally all about the beginning of the global pandemic. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's shot how? How do you think it's shot? On cell phones. It's exactly yeah. the entire thing. No one was shooting a documentary. It wasn't like someone showed up on this cruise ship to say, I'm going to shoot a documentary. What happened was the shit hit the fan, and these filmmakers must have just gotten a hold of every person on that ship and said, Can we pay you X amount of dollars? To document what's for- happening, yeah. For every piece of footage you have. It's funny you say that because when we lost our jobs in radio, I started my own digital media company. And one of my first things was, man, I should really get like a real camera, not just my phone camera. And I was doing a lot of research. And unless you're like a professional photographer, our phone cameras are pretty incredible. I mean, I had literally had photographers say, man, your, your phone takes better video and pictures than a lot of professional cameras. So you can do that you now. Would you would never can, know. No, you can yeah. do an entire documentary off a phone camera, and you'd never know that's what it was. And it was, you know, because if you think about it, a cruise is a perfect, uh, I mean, look, we all document ourselves anyways. But if you go on a cruise, and I know people that love going on cruises, what do they do? They like to document the entire fucking thing. Yeah. And especially now with it being able to, to do it with your phone, they literally had, I mean, you would have guessed that this thing was shot 
as a documentary. Sure. You would have you would have thought that they that they said, "Hey, go into your room, give us a detailed uh tour of it and introduce each other." But people do that cuz what do you do? You get in your room and you whip out your phone and you go, "Oh, here's our room." And look, they left us chocolates, and here's a nice view out of our room. And there's Bob. Say hi, Bob. So you literally already do this shit. So they have all this footage and the ensuing chaos that unfolds over, I think it was like 37 days or something. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? (laughs) Listen, I love... I love cruises. I really do. Pat and I are on different pages with that. I still yeah, love cruises. Yeah, I can't do it, man. I get I it, and, do I, it. and I respect that, but I love cruises. I don't know anybody who loves a cruise enough to be on it for 37 days. <laughs> well, then I'll jump right into the real fun part um, of this, because the main reason why myself and AJ differ on cruises is because of labor practices well, no, and, and that's standards. The thing. I don't... I don't I didn't know enough about labor practices on cruise ships yeah. when I started going on cruises. And now that I do, yeah, it's sketchy as hell. I, it's, I, it's I'm just, with you on that. Yeah. I, I feel like we exploit, and by we, I mean the cruise line industry, exploit third world labor. And that actually gets explored in this documentary. So that's what because- I was going to ask you about because I read a huge, huge article about cruise ship employees who were stuck on ships for months at a time because of COVID. And quite a few actually committed suicide. And the families are like accusing the cruise lines of trying to cover it up and not giving them mental health access. And do they explore that in this documentary? So they don't get into that because this deals specifically with the Royal princess okay. and just their people. And, 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 and by the way, the same introduction that, you shoot on your phone for your friends and family when you go on a cruise. The crew does the exact same thing. They had the same videos from crew people because yeah. this is an experience for them. Yeah. These were folks from Indonesia. These are people from impoverished well, rural areas. And that was part of the article I read. They said, you know, this is a great opportunity for people who will not get to see the world to see the world. is And, and they are enticed into the cruise industry and working on cruise ships to do that. Now, because of that and because of that video access, we were able to learn through this documentary all the things you already know. They're not allowed. I mean, you work 12 hours a day. No days off. You stay below deck. Your your rooms have no windows. You're not allowed up deck unless it's like I think after uh, dark, after sunset. I mean, we knew all the exploitation things, but once it got into the situation that they were being basically held in quarantine off the coast of Japan, while the entire ship of guests go into some form of lockdown or quarantine and there's information daily coming up and there's Japanese medical professionals coming up, you know, like on a dinghy boat. Yeah. Um, the workers that are documented, again, by themselves, you know, they're all shooting themselves, keep saying they get to quarantine. We are being forced to run this place. Yes. They were forced to hand deliver all the meals. Yep. They were forced to make the meals. They, 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 they explore that they had no safety. Their, yep. their well-being was of no concern. In fact, what was the one thing? He said the captain told the, the, the uh, crew, and this was after like it went from, uh, we have four cases on board, just like everything else. 
10, 20. 20, yeah. And I think the captain told the crew something like, remember, one team, one dream. What? And that's what he kept telling them. <laughs> one team, one dream. Listen, I'm and sure the staff really wanted to see the world. Oh. I don't think they signed up to uh, you know, be part of a global pandemic and lose exactly. their lives on the boat. So what was interesting about it was you got to see literally, I mean, this is like seeing the uh, movie. What was the movie we were all watching? What is it? Contagion. And seeing that in real life. And you got to see it from all different vantage points. You got to see the crews from um, passengers, passengers who kept different attitudes throughout the quarantine. They highlight um, one poor couple who were, well, the wife had MS and the husband had broke his leg. Oh, God. On the boat? And they, no, but okay. they were right, right before. And he, they were contemplating not going. But they're like, well, it's this cruise, Japan. We always wanted to go. Yeah. They end up going, right? They end up having the worst time. Sure. The wife gets the wife gets diagnosed with COVID nineteen. Yep. Has to be taken off the boat. Now this guy's left there. Whatever. Um, you also get to see other couples. There was one couple on there that not only serve as marriage counselors, but they're also. Um, members of the LDS church. And for anyone out there who knows the Mormons, like I know the Mormons, I have plenty of great friends who are Mormons because I lived out there for, uh, in uh, Utah for years. The Mormons are positive fucking people. Yeah. They're happy. You can't piss on a Mormons parade. <laughs> J- Jimmy crickets, G Willikers, they'll get up and skip down the block. If you've ever watched the South park episode about the Mormon family, it's true. And you saw that in that couple, literally smiling, Playing games. Everything's fine. Everything's everything Enter- is awesome. She comes down with COVID. Oh no! Ends up yanked in a Japanese hotel. Still whistling Dixie. Of course. So it was so interesting to see again how different people dealt with this creeping anxiety. And you also saw how some crew members started reaching out to the press. Because they were being abandoned. Yeah. There were countries coming in, evacuating people, but they were being left there. Yeah, and I think probably, I mean, when that whole thing started, that was before the article I read because the article was from last fall when they started to realize that cruise ships were not taking care of their crew members. And and even after, you know, some of the, the um, tourists had disembarked, they kept crew members quarantined ships because they'd been traveling and they're like you know we just ended up sailing all over the world and we're totally quarantined and that took a huge toll on a lot of people's mental health yeah they uh well I, that's actually one of the um one of the crew members who who, who is subtitled because he's from indonesia um he talks about the mental health toll and, and again the footage you're watching is mainly them in the moment yeah. like they they, they re-interviewed some of these people now but most of it is you're seeing them experience it and and the one guy from indonesia says like this is affecting our mental health because we can't go up we, we can't even see sun yeah we're down deck um a lot of the workers almost created and like as the mental health professional in me is kind of like red you know it was a little red flag it was kind of cool um they created i'd say their own support groups yes because they were quickly realizing that there was this, you know, you have this virus and 
intertwined in all this is really the state of the world where there's new information every day. There's new guesses every day. There's new speculation every well, day. Well, yeah, think about how how much we didn't know about it, and we were just, like, in our homes. Can you imagine being at sea? And, I mean, that's got to be really scary because you are completely out of touch with the rest of the world. Yeah, I think when it started, like, you know, day one or whatever on, on the boat or the first outbreak or, or whatever it was, boy, I think the first official word was, don't worry, it only travels uh, through touch. Uh-oh. <laughs> and I think the, and, and then the follow-up was, well, all, and, and only if they're sick. So they didn't know that it was airborne. They didn't know that asymptomatic people could, I mean, it was the beginning days. Well, and so, I think the part about that that just confuses the hell out of me, like, and I've said this since the beginning of the pandemic, none of us living right now have ever been through a global pandemic like this. So, you know, everybody pointing fingers and saying this is the right thing to do or this is the wrong thing to do. Who the hell knows what the right or wrong thing to do was? None of us did. My only qualm, though, is the cruise ships because they have had outbreaks of illness on cruise ships before. Yeah, I I was saying You would think (laughs) that by now cruise ships would have their finger on the pulse of what to do. It appears that they didn't. (laughs) No, because, you know, unfortunately, they still have a workforce. And that's you. You even feel that from some of the crew members where they say crew members that are sick didn't want to say that they were sick. Crew members that were concerned didn't want to say it because they were in fear of losing their jobs. And a lot of them really did do the thing where you are leaving town and you're sending money back to the family. sending money home, yeah. You know, you're, I think the one woman said she makes a uh, thousand bucks a month um, and she sends it right back and it supports her two young kids. That's ridiculous. So, Do that math for a second. How, how oh, much they work and they get a thousand dollars a month. Oh my God. So, so what, but you're what right. I they can s- exploit people from third world countries because a thousand dollars a month in a third world country is exactly. a lot of money. So they'll get these people to go work and send money home to their families. And I just don't know if you're ever going to convince them otherwise, because when this whole thing blows over and it's two, three, four years down the line, there's probably going to be a new wave of kids from Indonesia that want to go work on the cruise ship. Although it was funny. Some of them had a good sense of humor about it. I think one, um, it was in Indonesian. I had to read the subtitles. Literally was saying into his phone, get a job on a cruise boat, they said. (laughs) You'll make good money, they said. I'm like, that's funny. Dude's got a sense of humor. It's all about how you handle it. But listen, I said this. I said, man, there's going to be a lot of documentaries and lookbacks and great art created out of this fucking mess of an 18 months that we've had. Um, And this is, I think, just one of the beginning ones. So what's it called again? Because I want to watch it now. Last Cruise. It's on HBO Max. It's only like 46 minutes, oh, so it's quick. Oh, that's perfect. I love, yeah, I yeah, love exactly. short documentaries. Yeah. It's about the same same length as a Law & Order, okay? No problem. So it's very interesting. It says a lot about us as humans and people, and we are all just that, humans and people, so go check it out. If you don't know what ghosting is, it's where someone just, you're texting someone, then they just don't reply, and you go, okay, I guess that's it. I mean, it's been six years. I'm just going to walk away <laughs> with my pride intact. Um called ghostings. If anything, ghosts keep bothering you even after they're dead. I mean, they're incredibly needy. It's the opposite. Should be like, oh, I ghosted someone the other day. Oh, what, you didn't get back to them? No, no, I showed up at their house late at night and started 
messing around in the kitchen. Banging pots and stuff. Like, I think that's called stalking, mate. That's, how boring would Ghostbusters have been? Just a, a two-hour movie about people ignoring each other. <laughs> Who are you going to call? No, I'm just going to leave it, actually. So I don't know how we managed to do it, but our garage is once again full of porcelain dolls, just like it was Sweet. in Michigan. It's awesome. Damn it. I can't believe this. You know, I'll, I'll never, ever, for the life of me, understand why people can't just be honest with you. Even if you don't know them, we had, we had, I think there's more than 50 of them. I think there's probably 60, like, because <laughs> I, I, I counted and like, I rounded up to 50, but now that I've unpacked them out of the pod, there's way more than 50. But Pat's mom used to buy porcelain collector dolls. And of course, when she died, those came into our possession. I was able to sell almost everything else she collected, like plates, precious moments, cherished teddies, all that stuff. These porcelain dolls, though, I mean, they're big. These aren't like, you know, precious moment size. They're in large boxes. And we tried to sell them at our garage sale unsuccessfully. So I asked on the Arizona Facebook page I'm on, I said, hey, you know, if I were to move these with me from Michigan to Arizona, is there anybody that would be interested in buying them? And I had tons of interest. And Pat and I were like, well, sweet, let's put them in the pod and get them to somebody who will use them. So uh, they arrived in the pod last week. I unpacked them, and it was just, it was. Which, which, by the way, can I say, AJ felt like she hit the fucking jackpot, okay? Because she was ready to unload these things in Michigan for like a dollar a piece. And these old ladies out in Arizona, who she's thinking are retired, they got nothing better to do, they start a bidding war. One's like, I'll give you five a piece. Another one. I'll give you eight apiece. Oh, yeah, They're, I'll give you it's, ten. It's like the real estate market for these for these little porcelain dolls. So AJ's like, oh, here we go. I'm going to make this. So, oh, boy. She's like, make sure you pack all those dolls in the first shipping container. That's got to be one of the first things out here. I had, a lady, and- I had a lady Facebook me and say, I want every single doll when you get here. Message me. And I said, okay. I messaged her when I unpacked the pod. She ghosted me for two days and then said, sorry, I'm in the hospital. I'm no longer interested. There you go. And I am sorry, but with my marketplace experience, I don't think she's in the hospital. (laughs) I think she probably um, mentioned it to her husband and her husband said, you're not spending $400 on porcelain dolls. And she was too much of a she was too much of a chicken just to say that to me. So she comes up with some bullshit sob story because everybody seems to have one. I bet you that house is already plastered with dolls, and her husband goes, you're going to do what? Where? Why? No, 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 no. You tell this broad that you were in the hospital and can't pick up those dolls. <laughs> I just, I mean, I almost, it was a, Dude, it was I a mean, very people, ragey feeling. <laughs> I will say that because I never got a chance to really um, date during the digital age. I never got a chance to experience all the digital. Uh, yeah, neither uh, of us did. Yeah, communication and the ghosting and all this. But I get my fair share of it through Marketplace. Because some of the wild bullshit, uh, I assume, would have been texted to me as excuses for things. People will message you through Marketplace. I have had people Uh, claim that... Um, One chick claimed that her dad was dying and she had to drive to Florida unexpectedly. 
Uh, I had another oh. chick say, um, you know, my husband is getting out of prison today. I can't drop. And just, I mean, the wildest stories. I was, I was trying to buy him a real nice welcome home I, present. And just wild ass stories. And I'm like, all you have to say, because I, I do genuinely assume that you're making this up because these stories are, are like fables. And I'm like, why don't you just say... I'm not interested anymore. Trust me, I'll still be pissed off, but not as pissed off if you come up with some grandiose story that is completely out of this world ridiculous. I had uh, one today tell me, and, and this is after telling me she wanted an item. Would you hold it for a couple days? No, you never Fine. hold it. You never hold I it. I know. Pat's learning. I, how was, Pat's, Pat's, I know. He's in Michigan selling a bunch of our stuff right now. And usually I sell everything and deal with these assholes. But uh, I didn't listen. I didn't mind holding it because I have a backup buyer, which is one of our friends. So I didn't mind. Okay, so that's legit. Yeah, I say, yeah, if she comes through, fine. She ends up coming through um, and strings it along for like, okay, I'll come tomorrow. And then today came and can I come at this time? How about this time? And then at that time, literally at the time she was supposed to come, she messaged me. I'll pass. Can't find your house. So that apparently she was circling the neighborhood. What was the one I got uh, last week? Messaging me. My favorite one last week was a guy, and this was like for something that was free. I'm like, hey, dude, it's outside my house. Come pick it up. It's yours. Okay, I'm leaving right now. Be there in 45 minutes. And I had other people like behind him saying, hey, let me know if the dude doesn't pick it up. I'll come out there. Um, I gave it two hours and I'm telling you, like, it was like 930 at night. This was not during the day. This is like 930. I said, Hey pal, you still coming or what's the deal? <laughs> he reads it, which by the way, yeah. you can see when somebody reads it. Stop, oh, yeah. stop the bullshit. <laughs> we know he read it. And then the next morning said, sorry, I fell asleep. I'll pass. <laughs> it's like a bad boyfriend. You know, why didn't you text me back? I fell asleep. <laughs> like just. Stop with the shenanigans. See? I know it's uncomfortable to say, oh, I'm interested, and then say, I'm not. I did that with somebody this week. I instinctually said, I want that. I'll come get it. And then, like, an hour later, I'm like, you know what? I'm so sorry I changed my mind. Let somebody else have it. And she, her first answer to me was, thank you for being honest. I'll go to the next buyer. Yeah. Because that's how many shitty people tell these grandiose, ridiculous stories on Marketplace. Like, stop it and just say, I'll pass. Yeah, we'll find out. I think I have uh, the dining room table sold. Coming to get that tomorrow. Sold your bike. The old uh, recumbent the one bike I is gone. Bought when I broke my foot, yeah. That one. That one's gone. And I uh, got to move some other things out of here. So I'm dealing with this insanity. I feel you. Just do me a favor. If somebody ghosts you or gives you some bullshit, will you throw the bullshit mm-hmm. right back at them and come up with the most <laughs> like preposterous? You know, when they're like, oh, I, you know, I'm sorry, uh, I broke my, I broke both legs and both arms and I'm in the hospital right now and I'm not going to get out for another month. Please shoot back at them with yeah. a ridiculous ass story that, I will that say, trumps it. That's, that's okay. Uh, the, the item is no longer available. A dinosaur <laughs> broke into my home and destroyed it while I was trying to wrangle it. You know, just go, just amp it up a bit. That'd be funny. Like, like, I assume this is what I would have done if I would have dated more in the digital age yeah. when this is how everyone communicated. I would have been the fucking worst. I would have been the worst on Tinder and all these Can apps. Can you imagine? I mean, been, just oh. transfer all the things I just said. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm oh, yeah. so-and-so is getting out of prison. I'm yeah. in the hospital. Yes. Uh, I've yes. Even just the I fell asleep. 
transfer those from Marketplace to a dating app, and yes. it's even more and preposterous. It's more serious for a guy because you go from fucking with his money to fucking with his dick. See, then he's all excited. <laughs> he's like, I got a dick appointment. Yeah. And and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, my dad's getting out of prison. Sorry. Hath- I'm driving to Arkansas today. Hell hath no fury like a man with a boner. <laughs> I will tell you what, it, it will lead you to the way, you know? So what are you going to so, so here's the question. What are you going to do? Because these dolls, and I feel like this is just inadvertently really my mother and her spirit. She's fucking not leaving me alone. No, well. She'll and, never leave me alone. Like, I almost responded to the chick who literally said, I'll take every doll when you get here, message me. And then bullshitted me that she's in the hospital because she's I, she's not. They never are. These stories are outlandish. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I will come visit you. Yeah. What hospital, what hospital are you what in? What room? I'll send you flowers. They never write back. Um, my problem is, and I didn't say it because I'm like, if she is somehow actually in the hospital, I'll feel <laughs> terrible. She's actually, she's got COVID. She's on a ventilator. You're giving her shit like, listen, bitch, you better come well, pick these up. What I wanted to say was, do you know... <laughs> How much it cost to get those dolls down here in a moving pod? Like, I would have just gotten rid of them in Michigan. But you, you, you she, told me. She took up space. Yeah. Took up space. You took my space. You took money. And now I have 50 porcelain dolls in my garage, same as I did in Michigan. I don't know. I'm going to have a giant bonfire. I am so sick of these damn dolls. I can vomit. Oh, shit. I love it. The Pat and AJ Podcast Network is available on all your favorite audio platforms. Subscribe today. Follow Pat and AJ on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook now at Pat and AJ. PatandAJ.com. Support the Pat and AJ Podcast Network today by donating on Venmo or Cash App. Powered by the people. The Pat and AJ Podcast.